he really is who he says he is, it'd change everything. Why hasn't it? Tell me what you think would be worse. Being blind and knowing it. Or being blind and not having a clue. This morning we continue our journey with Jesus from here through Easter on to Pentecost and beyond. Have you joined us on the journey? I pray that you have. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. God wants to do something significant in this body of Christ this year. Don't miss it. Today, we are with Jesus along the road. Our scripture passage today is the entire chapter of John chapter 9. John chapter 9, all 41 verses. In John chapter 9, right off the bat, the first words of John chapter 9, they tell us that we are on the move. They tell us that we are on this journey. John chapter 9 verse 1 says, as he went along, as Jesus went along. See, Jesus was always on the move. He always was going somewhere. He had a place to go. There was no grass growing under his feet. And as he was along, as he went along, day by day, week by week, month by month, for three years, he never, ever missed an opportunity to teach his disciples a truth. This situation we find in John chapter 9 is, is no different I'd like you to read along, or follow along as I read the first 12 verses of John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> as he went along, he saw a, blind, or a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground. By the way, the Greek word for spit is awesome. I mean, it's so appropriate. It is patuo. Is that not cool or what? If you want to spell it in English, it's P-T-O-U, P-T-O-O. I love that. I love that. I've been saying that all week. This is good. Feels good, too. Having said this, he spit on the P-T-O-O on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Salome. This word meant sent, means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. 
How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to, put, to go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. You could say that this is an eye-opening passage of Scripture. I couldn't wait to say that either. I just, all week, I just, it's true. As the disciples walked along they, the road with Jesus, they would come across a number of things, just daily things. Jesus would take those things and teach them something like here. They came across a blind man. Now, in those days, if somebody was handicapped, in this case blind, their family would take them to the gate of the city where people, a lot of people would go by, or the gate or the door of the temple where people would come and go. And they would sit there all day collecting a few coins from people that were, would throw a coin to a beggar. Then they would come and get that family member and take, at night, take him home, and that's how that handicapped person would care for himself and in some cases help his family. As they walked past this blind man, one of the disciples asked Jesus a question. Who sinned, Jesus? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Now, I don't know what they expected Jesus to say. It seems to me this question is kind of like a softball question. Kind of like a question that you, you would, you know, for brownie points, knowing the, the, the answer already. But what they expected and what Jesus actually said were two entirely different things. Jesus blew their minds. See, everybody thought that whenever there was a a mark or a defect on your body, it meant there was sin in your soul. It meant that you were being punished for something. In some cases, a sin you would have committed in the life before. Some sin that was so bad that the punishment continued in your new life and you were born blind. Or your parents, before you were born, born, sinned some terrible sin and their child was born defected. In this case, blind. Everybody thought that. That's why when Jesus said, neither his parents nor he sinned, It blew their minds. What did he say? Who was it, Jesus, that sinned? Neither one. Not the parents and not this this man himself. That's not why he was born blind. See, as they were going along the road, I kind of wish this would happen more today. But as he was going along the road, Jesus would, would blow their minds. Jesus would would mess with their long-standing beliefs, and he would open their eyes. The next section of Scripture in John chapter 9 is is verses 13 through 34. In this section, it appears that the blind man's neighbors, who he came and, 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 uh, and appeared to them, and they couldn't believe it, it appears that his neighbors took him to the Pharisees. The, the, the religious teachers and biblical authority of the day. And they didn't take this man, apparently, to the Pharisees so that the Pharisees could join in their excitement and amazement at the healing. They took their neighbor to the Pharisees because he was healed on the Sabbath. 
And everyone knew that you can't have lift a finger on the Sabbath. It's sacrilegious. It's blasphemous. Jesus sinned by healing this man on the Sabbath. What do we do? So they took him to the Pharisees. As he came to the Pharisees, they interviewed him. You could say interrogated him. And you probably, in that group of people that were interviewing or interrogating him, there was our friend Nicodemus. I am sure of it. He was at least there. He was a Pharisee, the one we met a few weeks ago. Verse 15 says, How did you receive your sight? They asked him. Verse 17, What have you to say about the man who healed you? I love how he answered all their questions in verse 25. I would have loved to have been there to hear him say this. Verse 25. Whether he is a sinner or not for healing me on the Sabbath, I don't know. One thing I do know. I was blind and now I see. (laughs) I bet you he jumped up and down and did one of these. Woo! He was so excited, he could see, never even knew what that was like. And all of a sudden, boom, he could see Jesus had set him free. You know, brothers and sisters, may that happen today. (laughs) A few verses later, the former blind beggar becomes a teacher to the most educated people of their culture. Now, you've got to have this picture in your mind. They were sitting in the synagogue. They were sitting around like they always did, debating things. Usually scripture. Somebody would say something that they learned that week, and someone else would say, uh, would have an, another interpretation. And if the people agreed with them, the other Pharisees, they would go, yeah, uh-huh. They would shake their heads. Yes, that's right, we agree. So here this, this man, this blind beggar, he comes into this this group of educated people, and he identifies himself with them. The audacity of it all. In verse 31, he says, we know, in other words, he was putting himself equal with them, at least in this place, we know that God does not listen to sinners. They're sitting there going, "Uh uh-huh, that's right, he doesn't. They're agreeing with him. Then he says, he listens to the godly man who does his will. They say, "Uh uh-huh, that's right, that's right. And then he says in verse 32, nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a born a man born blind. And they nodded their head. That's right. Never in history. We can't remember ever hearing that. That's right. Finally, this formerly blind beggar tells them something that was exactly what they believed. It was their theology, but they couldn't agree to it because of Jesus. He said, verse 33, If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Here's this blind beggar, formerly blind beggar, telling them what they believed, but they couldn't agree to. And their angry reaction is recorded in verse 34. You were steeped in sin at birth. After all, you were born blind. You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. (laughs) They excommunicated him from the synagogue. Now this was serious. It was so serious that in verse 22, his parents, did you get that? His parents wouldn't stand up for him, wouldn't support him, 
for fear that they would be excommunicated. It's serious. When you were excommunicated from the synagogue, there was basically a mark put on you in the community. People turned their backs on you. They shunned you. They shut you off from all social and business relationships. And what's worse, they shut you off from access to God. The final section of Scripture in John chapter 9, verses 35 to 41, shows Jesus and the man who was born blind. They're together now. After all of this, Jesus comes to the man. And he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. You kind of can't blame him. I mean, after all, he was blind, and now he sees. (laughs) After all Jesus did for him, no matter what else was going on in his life, I believe. Well, this week, I was going through all these verses. I kept reading over and over this chapter 9, all 41 verses. As I read these verses, these thoughts kept going through my mind. Just, I'd read a couple verses and something would pop into my mind. I want to share a few with you this morning. Now, first of all, this thought went through my mind. No matter what people seem to think, and no matter what they say, nothing is impossible with God. No matter what anybody says, including you, me. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, I'm sorry to have to say that because I know some of you don't believe it. I know that some of you don't just don't quite, they aren't there yet. You're not sure. It just never happened to me. It's not really true. I understand that. But you have to, you have to listen to it. Now, you see, there was a man who was born blind. I mean, it was impossible for him to ever see again. There had been people born blind by the bucket loads. None of them had ever received their sight again. There had been people that were blind, that had become blind, that had received their sight again. Maybe they bumped their head and their sight went out and their sight came back. So, yeah, that was recorded, but never, ever, ever had anyone ever been born blind who had received their sight. It was impossible. Yet Jesus set him free. Jesus healed the man. Yeah, fine, Pastor Chuck. Great, great. You know, but you know what? Jesus has never done anything like that for me. I'm not even close to that level. He's never done anything like that for me. So what you're telling me is there's never been a record of Jesus doing something like that for you. That's right. What you're telling me is that No one has ever heard you ever say anything like that, that Jesus has done for you. Right. So what you're saying to me is, it's impossible for Jesus to meet your need. Is that what you're saying? And you're saying, yes, that's right. But you know what? They thought the same thing. They believed the same thing, and Jesus set the man free. 
I was blind, but now I see. No matter what anyone says this morning or any other morning, nothing is impossible with my God. Second thought that's going through my mind, just a bunch of them, but here's one. God wants to use this difficult situation that you're in right now, whatever it is. God wants to use that to mold you to bless others and to bring himself glory. God wants to use what's going on in your life to bring him glory and to bless people and to bring you closer to the the likeness of his son that is his goal for all of us. You know, a lot of times, folks, when when we have some difficult thing going on in our lives, we take our eyes off Jesus and we keep our eyes on that difficult situation and we become discouraged. We become defeated. We even become destroyed. And God says, wait a minute. Nothing is impossible with me. It's kind of living like the Romans 8.28 kingdom principle. All things work together for good to those that, are, those that love God and are called according to his purposes. God wants to use your situation right now to draw you closer to him, to bless others, and to glorify him. There was someone that lived in the 20th century who was born blind, just like this man. Never in their whole life did they see anything. And that person wrote these words. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions Visions of rapture now burst on my sight, born blind. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Get this, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit washed in his blood this is my story this is my song listen to this now praising my savior all the day long this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. How is that possible? 
impossible for her to write those words when she never saw a thing. It's because Fanny Crosby focused on Jesus, not her situation. Another thought that's been going through my mind as I read these 41 verses this week, and this one scares me, by the way. Be careful not to get stuck in your spiritual ways. Be careful not to get stuck in your spiritual ways, that spiritual rut. See, God is new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. He's brand new. New every morning. He just speaks to us in ever new ways. Be careful not to get stuck in your spiritual rut. You see, the Pharisees had five books of the Bible memorized. The Torah. They had the five first books of the Bible memorized. They were immersed in God's holy word. They studied it. They read it. They discussed it on a daily basis. They lived immersed in the holy word of God. But they missed the Messiah. Good grief. How is that possible? They missed the Messiah. The most spiritual people in their, in, their, in their land, in their nation, missed the Messiah. Not only that, but because of them, generations that followed missed the Messiah. Even until today. The one that they'd been praying for, longing for, hoping for, they missed him. Why? Because they had become stuck in their missing the point spiritual ways. They had devised such an ingrown system, self-serving system, that they were married to, that they missed God's Son. Now I'm thinking as I'm reading this this week, people are people are people. Not much changes when human nature is involved. So my question for you and for me this morning is, are you in a spiritual rut? So closed, so your your spiritual understanding, your, your understanding of the Word of God is so much like this, that if Jesus came today, you'd miss Him? Let me ask you this question. Who's really blind in this passage of Scripture? What's worse, being blind and knowing it, or being blind and not having a clue? Spiritual blindness or physical blindness? What's worse? Matthew chapter 18, verse 9 says, If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life or eternal life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Are you blind this morning? Blinded by our culture that's pulling us in many different directions? Blinded by our culture? Jesus, I'm going to live my life this way. It feels right. Don't bother me. 
Are you blind this morning because you have this have all the answers attitude? After all, Pastor Chuck, I was a Bible quizzer. I memorized large portions of Scripture. Are you blind? You see, Jesus is walking by today. We're on a journey with Him. I was blind, but now I see. One more thought this morning. I don't know how many people believe this. But here it is anyway. Nothing is more important than Jesus. Not even being excommunicated from the synagogue. Not losing your friends. Not losing your social status. Not losing your job. Not losing pet spiritual understandings that will make you miss the Messiah. Nothing is more important than Jesus. Not any boyfriend. Not any girlfriend. Not any hope. Not any dream. Nothing is more important than Jesus. I was blind. But now I see. Say that with me. I was blind. But now I see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. See, God, would you mess with our long-standing spiritual understandings? Whether they're right or wrong, would you mess with them? Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our anxious thoughts. Help us, Lord. Help us not to live offensive lives to you. Teach us, Lord. Show us. Set us free. Father, we have an, a powerful example in your word this morning of, of how your son came and touched someone and set him free. Lord, as we are on this journey together with Jesus, we are walking with him. He's here. He's walking with us. Lord, would you, would you help him to, would you, Lord Jesus, reach out and touch us where we need it most and set us free. Lord, there's people here right now that need to be touched by you. I pray, Lord, that you would move in where they are right now and touch them at the point of their deepest need. All of us, Lord. Those that are going to pass out um, a communion for us at this time, if you would come. And as we prepare to gather around the Lord's table, I ask that you would prepare your hearts. Let God prepare your heart for this. And Father, as we bow at the table, at your feet, help us, Lord, to, to say this to you. Lord, 
Set me free. Set me free. Touch me, Lord, at the point of my deepest need. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.